Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. All right, we are back in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. It's been a long time since Detroit yeah. is Different has done anything. And uh, hopefully everybody is staying safe, uh, not just because of COVID-19, but just because self-preservation is a way of life. And we need to be safe, healthy, and on our heels. And speaking of safe, he- healthy, and on our heels, I brought back uh my brother somebody i look up to even though we in like the same generation (laughs) and gotta get down uh does a lot of work uh black entrepreneur and father and someone that is a resource to the community Corey williams how you feeling i feel good man i feel good it feels good to be back to talk to you man yeah man it's different and um and we're going to start right where we kind of left off and i'm gonna cut and let people know uh our last interview we spoke a lot about police brutality right? Um, and situations that you faced and some of the things you see. It kind of went from the whole situation where you talked about witnessing uh, what happened with the murder of Bugs from uh, D- D12 yeah, or the I Dirty Dozen mm-hmm. uh, on Belle Isle and just the static that police officers have had contentious relationships with us as black men for a long time and you told stories of being uh a teenager to uh, a a young man in your 20s to even we didn't really get into today but just that tumultuous relationship and even from your business and your business's standpoint yeah and everything that went on with the Wildermere, right uh, as you opened up a place in the community that Mm. people could uh, use as a rental facility That's for right. birthday parties, mm-hmm. uh, for baby showers, for events, for christenings, for graduations, and just a community resource where you were providing block party assets. You uh, did some fireworks. Yeah. And with the police supporting the business, the police also were enforcing shutting your business down as That's well. True. That's so. True. I really want to talk about the relationship that you have as an entrepreneur, knowing that what you faced in running a business Mm -hmm. and how we need to look at running a business in the city, knowing that sometimes the city itself may not necessarily be a resource and the enforcement ring for the city going against us will be the police force. And sometimes it may be a hurdle um, as as well as an asset. So it's a mixed bag because... I've just just take COVID nineteen for example. Yes, sir. I received from uh, DGC financing that was necessary to keep our business open, mm-hmm. but also in the same bag, uh, just a couple of days ago we were celebrating a memorial for my uncle, and the police showed up and gave us thousand dollar tickets for. I don't know. Let me not say thousand dollars. They gave us tickets. They issued us tickets for. Uh, social distancing t- tickets so hmm. it's a mixed bag sometimes sometimes they're on your side sometimes sometimes not so okay so let's let's talk a little bit about your location right. you have the wildermere location mm-hmm. which is located right in the heart of the community yeah uh, right there a six mile in wildermere mm-hmm. uh between uh just east of livernois 
right there by University of Detroit Mercy uh, College. Now, being in that location, you have had back and forth. Can you let's talk about some of the the interactions you've had with the police in opening this business? Right. So, like I said, it's always a mixed bag, right? So. As you know, we we took a vacant and abandoned uh, building, which we have a lot of in Detroit, and we turned that mixed that mixed use vacant building into a space for people to enjoy. Uh, we spent out of our own pockets life savings to uh, create space in this in this community, and we started up a, a, a Taco Tuesday. We were selling tacos out of the out of the retail space, and we were even serving police officers and firefighters and so forth. So politicians, they were all showing up. It, it, it was a success. And because we didn't have all of our, our all of our uh, licensing and all of that together, the police, they shut it down. The city shut it down. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. We, we were uh, sad that it was shut down, but we understood because we didn't have everything together. Right. So that's how that happened. So. As you were getting this space together and the the mix of the licensing, what was the interaction? How 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 were you notified that you needed to cease and desist? What was so the, they just showed? It was almost like a raid. Almost they showed up, but they were kind. But they showed up like man, y'all can't sell these tacos anymore. Um, so they because the police were eating there as well. So they were they didn't really want to do it, but they ended up doing it. They had to, um, and then. A little bit later, uh, during the co the social, uh, maybe cut a year, uh, just a, the other day, a couple of days ago, the police showed up at a, one of our memorials and were issuing tickets for social distancing, right? And my frustration with the police officers, who were respectful and everything, but they were issuing tickets that you have to pay and that you be that you have to be responsible for, was that I see. They selectively enforcing these laws, right? So you you down and you see people down in Lansing screaming in police officers' faces and no social distancing, and then cut here to uh, inner city Detroit, and we're at a memorial for um, uh, someone who passed away, and they're saying, okay, well, social distancing. You're not social distancing. Now this is where some of the contention lies because you would think that you can walk over to an officer say all right this is a memorial that's why we're here right uh thank you for that notification at least give you some pre-warning right uh what was the exchange to even walk over to the officer before tickets were disseminated to people mourning the mm. passing of something so they showed up and we were i don't know I, to be honest with you i don't know if we were within or outside of the uh, executive I, be, I believe this is an executive order from the governor i don't yeah. know if we were then within it or or outside of it, but uh they just showed up and started issuing tickets hmm. they they gave out three tickets hmm. they gave out three tickets one Not to me one to my sister and one to my uh the other owner of the the wildermere with me my co-partner so so these tickets uh getting a social distancing ticket uh what was the cost of this ticket i don't know what the cost is yet i don't know what the cost i haven't been to court um they're just tickets saying that we're violating section 2020 20 of what penal code or of the executive order or whatever it is so 
I've heard that it was a thousand dollars. That's why I don't want to say mm. it's a thousand dollars. I have to find out what what the ticket is once courts open up or whatever. And to give you this ticket, the police officer violated social distancing because I'm guessing he walked over to you yeah. and gave mm. you the ticket. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's it's things like this that make us angry. It's things like yeah. this that you know the logic. Like how do we apply the logic? So I think the big thing is. At least from my standpoint, is that you they're selectively enforcing these laws, and that is one of the biggest challenges altogether. Right, because there's so many laws on the books. Even when you talk about uh, being licensed to to serve food to people, yeah, and, and what does that licensing entail? Mm-hmm. Uh, the red tape, and this can stranglehold a business from getting going. True. And engaging. Right. As you're in a community, when you think about right there, with so many, I mean, we're 85% black, but that community is probably even like 95% black. Right. So if you're serving food, how far will people have to travel to get to another black restaurant? You know what? That's, I'm, that's crazy that you brought that up because... To turn their money, they have over to go up to Baker's people. Lounge, uh, probably a mile down, Cuzzo's a mile down. But the thing about it is not; they aren't. There isn't a um, a lot of black-owned restaurants right next door to each other. So you have to travel to get to the next black-owned establishment, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are on this island as black as a black owned business and as you said we've been this red tape that everybody has to to jump through but it's being select, selectively enforced yes on on certain people mm-hmm. right so it's frustrating yeah but, yeah but how do we what's the what's the the solution how do we clear that up and that's where i'm talking th- this conversation is kind of starting from yeah. as uh in the shadows of the murder of george floyd Many demonstrations have sparked up right on multiple levels. So there are economic and organize, organizers protesting that are marching mm-hmm. is it's protesters that are chanting. Some protesters are leading uh, organized protests where speakers speak. Mm-hmm. Some people are frustrated and, and shouting their frustrations towards police officers when they see them. Uh, some people have what what they call vandalized property and, and businesses. Uh, some people are what they label as looting businesses. It's a mix of this. And then even in these shadows, police officers are still taking aggressions towards citizens. Right. Yeah. So. I just just it's crazy because we're having this conversation. You called me to have yeah. this conversation because just yesterday uh, we, I had a conversation with a police officer in Southfield. So we set up, and this police officer, we, me and some friends, some black friends, we were just standing around having a, uh, a conversation and working out in a play, in a park. And this yeah. police, this white police officer, wanted to have a conversation about race the experience and the right the black experience and our uh, experience in, here in America. Right? He wanted to know. Like and his he had a a police officer's perspective on things, right? He was now, a nice now guy. Now this is crazy because it, 
for me personally as a black man i i gotta stop if i'm in a suburb and a white cop approaches me right i'm shook yeah man i have high anxiety that's crazy because so that is exactly tone when he even approached so exactly to? right i hope we got time right because yeah. he pulls in right and we see him pulling in and just the the anxiety that yes it's 10 of us kids under 12 yeah 40 and 60 year olds because we're yeah. we're working out it's about 10 or 15 of us just working out we work at the work out at the playground every day and he pulls in and the t the tone just just shrank right yeah because as black people and i've spoken to many black people in my life and it's something about the police and it's not even just white police it's just police presence period yes it's anxiety yes and that shouldn't be right but 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 but, but we have reason for these anxieties right, exactly that's what i'm getting that to. are personal experiences exactly like what you said i mean technically you're, you're coming off a couple days from getting a social distancing ticket so you could Dang. be thinking like oh shit here goes social distancing. Another again. social distance. And like, exactly. what, am I gonna get double charged with social distancing? Here like, we is go. that is that two strikes? That's exactly what we were thinking. We like, uh, here we go with this movie. So we got our, our tools in hand, our cell phones. We're ready to start shooting. Yeah. Right? Because that's our first line of defense. But this I got a story. Like this this has a, a interesting ending. Yeah. Which may be a prevailing in, uh ending. So uh -huh. he comes in, he wants to talk, and we can have that conversation about what we talked about. But the most glaring part, we're in a black a park where mostly black, almost like again ninety percent. We're in what, Southfield. What park in Southfield? Can you Ingle Nook Park in Southfield. So that's it's a twelve mile losser. Okay. Right. So this police officer comes in. He stares out. Nice guy, friendly. Didn't want to give us social distancing tickets. He just wanted to talk about the black experience and how we felt. And he felt like the the people that was down that was around town looting and protesting they were doing too much but he also felt like the officer needs to be locked up okay that's fine i have a different opinion about the looters but we could talk yeah. about that later too also but yeah but the what happened was two older black women walked up lean on his car with their phones with their cell phones in hand yeah. and said look dead at us are you guys are you are y'all all right brothers y'all all right and that police officer was taken all the way back. They ignored him. He was like, he's, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Because they, the ladies came up to defend us. Yes. Because they, and I had to explain to him whether he internalized it or not, that those women are looking out for their brothers. Yeah. Right? They, they are looking out for what they see in us yes. as a brother, a son, a nephew, a cousin. And they want to make sure that we go home alive. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he internalized that or not. I also spoke to him about my previous experiences, which I think went over his head. So we're talking about the looters down, down, downtown and in other cities. And he's like, you know, and uh, his, his response was, see, this is one man dead and then all of this. And then I had to explain to him, this is not one man. This is Freddie Gray. This is Philando Castillo. Castile, this is uh Oscar Mike Grant, Brown. Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin. Like what you see in this broken window is not Floyd, what is it? Floyd George, George Floyd. Floyd. This is not just George Floyd. This is decades, centuries, centuries and, Detroit. And furthermore, the context of it, 
and not just and it's sad because I, I i interact with a lot of black people that have given this sentiment but usually it's a sentiment that most officers that i've talked to always think it's a context for it as right now uh i'm seeing more and more stories about george floyd's daughter which is great right and and his friend and you know you even mentioned i love sports stephen jackson yeah but i'm also seeing the character assassination of who George Floyd is starting right now, too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. You know, and I don't even want to speak that into life, but this is this is what happens. Yeah. The character assassination of let's let's speak on Trayvon Martin. He's a he's a teenager. Yeah. And what was the young boy in Ohio? Um Freddie Gray, right? No, in Ohio, they in one second they shot that boy. Oh, in the Walmart with the toy gun? Nope, not him in uh I get it. It's just so many that they, yeah, they no, get scrambled in my head. Yeah, very good But it's, it's a very difficult social as issue. If, as if police officers, and that's, that's really kind of where, where I'm starting this point of view, as you are the guest that I've had that spoke more to this, and, and it touched. We had a really strong connection. And I, I right. remember from our last interview, a lot of people were like, uh, Man, you really don't like police officers. And, and it's people that believe I'm very militant. Right. But I think I'm more nationalist. Yeah. I'm more optimistic. That's what makes me angry because I wonder, it's like, how can you not understand what we're saying? Right. You know, it's not even just like when Ice Cube and them were saying, fuck the police. Man. It's not just the movie, do the right thing. It's like this stuff happens. You You just think that black men have a, a predisposition to criminality when when it's so many laws on the books all the stuff that white men are doing are are, are are attributed to their culture yeah so our perspectives are informed by by our life experiences, experiences. right true so yeah. and it's so and what i'm noticing just speaking to that cop the other day mm-hmm. i'm talking to a white cop who grew up in redford because he told us where he was from yeah it's hard if not almost impossible to get this person to see things through my eyes yes through my life experiences and that's what we're up against we're screaming from the top of the mountain yeah out loud with the megaphone we are being abused murdered and because their experiences with police officers is totally different yes they cannot understand yes right furthermore right so i'm saying listen I'm saying I told that police officer right there. He's talk, he's like, listen, and we're not against you all. And I had to stop. Him. I said, hey, brother, listen, my first time in handcuffs was when I was 13. And I don't think I think it. I could just see it just going over his head. Right. Yeah. It's just going over his head. What I'm trying to express to him. Like yes. I was in cuffs at 13 with a gun to my head from a police officer. Yes. It's a black police officer. Because yes. I'm of the opinion, like, the white officer on a black victim is the salacious uh, kind of media uh, kind of media source or media that they want to see. They want to portray on television for ratings. But the black officer on the black on a black victim is much more a much more common occurrence. If you ask me and if you mm-hmm. go into the neighborhoods that I'm from I mean, and ask if they really get real with you and say, man, what what's your, what's your experience? What was that cop? He yeah. what, the one that threw you up against the wall, and I don't think that cop really understood 
what I was trying to say. Like, man, my yeah. experience, you want me to be comfortable around you when at 13, I had a gun against my head and I was yes. taken into custody. I was 14 and this happened. When I was 21, this happened. And when I was 27, this happened. You're right. And so you want me to just erase all of those experiences mm -hmm. and just take and start afresh. It doesn't work like that. And furthermore, it, it's almost like he was taken aback that those two black women walking up yeah. were saw saw and were afraid of him. Right. The same way that I believe most of these officers are afraid of us as black men. Yeah. So it, it or the element of black men scare them. The element of police scare us. Yeah. The difference is we don't go through it like we're, we're not civil servants as black men. We're just citizens. Right. We're, we're like it's no training. It's no. It, but the, the idea of the criminality of what we are the the just the threat we pose it, our presence alone yeah. as um you said 13 13 you know like we we really got to think in, in in you say he's an officer from redford in southfield as people are complaining so much about these protesters coming from out of town here yeah. most of these police officers don't live in detroit either right and it's not just Detroit with these residency problems. I don't know Minneapolis law, but I guarantee it's probably the same. Same thing. These officers know you can be a cop in, in the big city hey, for man. like five years and then go to wherever the hell Michigan Bakari. and be a, she, a, a, a chief or a sergeant or. A, Bakari, know. check this out, bro. Yeah. At the Wildermere, when they yeah. came and gave me the social distancing tickets. Yeah. They issued three. Yeah. Five cops showed up. Four white, one black. In an 85% black, black city. city. Yes. What the fuck? What yeah. the fuck is that all about? Like, what is this? I'm going to give you the rhetoric that they say, and I want you to respond to this. But they say that black people don't want to be cops. Okay. I've heard that. I've also heard that black people can't pass the tests, especially uh. the drug tests, which I question that because I think a lot of these drug tests test for marijuana which they know is more used than black people. Right. And they don't test for but any the of thing those about it, man, everybody, pills and shit. Black people just you know? statistically do not use drugs in any... We use drugs at the same rate at which yes. our... Like, we don't overuse. We're no. not... If you look at the statistics, we use on par... With white and brown and every everybody's using drugs, so yeah. that's that's out the window. If you ask me, that's out the window. Black people do not disproportionately use nar narcotics. We may use different types of narcotics as other people in our community, but, and less crystal meth and more marijuana and other drugs, and they may be more this and that. But black people do not disproportionately use narcotics. Yes. The tests, I don't know. Maybe the tests can be. Um, culturally biased or maybe i, I don't want to make that. excuses if we're not passing that. the test that's a problem we need to pass the fucking test yeah. you know what i'm saying uh as opposed to blacks don't want to be cops i'm not sure how true or not true that is um i know there's a negative connotation dealt to cops in our community because of the way black people are treated by police officers so yes. if someone like me right why would i help i don't want to be a cop you know it's we don't want. I don't want to be a police officer. 
uh, police officers are dangerous. Police officers are mean. They are bad. When I'm yes. growing up at 13, I got a gun to my head. I got a, a raid at my home from a police officer from when my parents. And it's just all these different experiences. It's nothing positive for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that probably translates for uh, yeah, for a particular segment of our community that's similar to me. Like, I don't want to be a police officer because I, why would I want to be a police officer? I hate police officers. Yeah. And in this contentious, I mean, that that's what they say. But I do think that more effort can be made to get black people open to being on the force. Yeah, I think it's especially in a city with so much unemployment like right. Detroit. But the thing about it, does that saw when you have black officers kicking black folks ass? I think that's a, that. What you just said definitely is real. I mean, is we've said. I mean, the KRS One song, "Black Cop." Right. You know, um, shout out BDP. Uh, it's real because it, it's more than like the training, but it's also like a, 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 a like some type of accountability that goes beyond the the police board. Yeah. Um, you know, right now it's it's the big fight. Right. I'm I'm unsure if you're familiar. Uh, that's fighting the police board and even our current police chief of Detroit, Chief Craig. Right. And facial recognition. And and I'm against it big time because right. a lot of the facial recognition is wrong. But yeah. the same way that cops can't be questioned, now they're going to bring in technology and say you can't question this technology. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where so much of this is still so focused on protecting property instead of creating an environment and community where people aren't uh doing these survivalist like crimes mm -hmm. in the yeah. first place right. uh you yeah. know i don't know if you saw the post i put up well, was a break-in next door at my house and i i let people know i was slipping yeah my slipping was i didn't have my lights on they i think they were looking to strip the house right it was kind of scary because it was like four cars outside my house and i got so many different responses but i'm happy i didn't pull the gun I called the cops myself because of insurance reasons, yeah. and I wanted See? to have, uh, 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 I wanted to have it documented and timed out just in case it is somebody on the block to know that I will at least call the police. But yeah. even in the back of my mind, I still like you didn't even call weaponizing the police, the police officers. Yeah. Man, I don't even call the police. Listen, mm. bro, people break because, like I, I said on the last Detroit is different that you brought me on. Man, a police officer never has never done anything for me like they never when my bike was stolen they never found it they never found got a rescued a kitten out of a tree for me they never got my furniture back that they stole it's all it's only administrative right yeah. it's okay somebody broke into the house somebody broke into the car in order for me to avail myself of my insurance policy i have to come talk to you all but other than that i have this much expectation of you i don't expect you to go find the criminal you don't even go look. No. I don't expect you to get my things back. I don't no. expect any kind of justice when it comes to police officers, right? And yeah. that's the attitude. Rightly or wrongly, that's my heart when it comes to law it's enforcement. It's not just you. It's many of us. And they like, it's not just snitching. they like, oh, y'all don't like well, black people. They got no. this no snitching rule. Man, it's no snitching is I don't even feel like dealing with the police. Is if I call them, they may end up putting me on the ground, and I'm one that, and I'm the one that called you. I may end up. It's a whole. It's a total negative experience, or a potential for negative experience that other people in other communities don't mm -hmm. have to deal with. 
and they can't understand when I'm telling you I'm not going to call the police officer because it could be a negative experience, right? It can be it can turn negative. And they're like, "Huh? You don't trust mm -hmm. the police? What are you talking about?" Because they never been faced down in the pavement. Right? So yeah. just like with George Floyd. People are like we're focusing on the most salacious act act the death like he's he died but when i really dig into it i say george floyd shouldn't even should not have even ever been in handcuffs Talk in the first about place Talk and about it. and if he was a 65 year old white man in birmingham or whatever the birmingham of minnesota is he would have never been in handcuffs if, in the first place if he was a white man with an assault rifle he would not through the state capitol he would not have been in handcuffs for allegedly a past 20 dollar bill that they couldn't even place on him at least i haven't seen any this 20 dollar bill thing is like that where, is what where the that, fuck does this even come from right that is exactly what so that is exactly what his friend Stephen Jackson says. It's a lot saying that the twenty dollar bill wasn't even counterfeit, and, and I mean this. But is even if it was, bro, yeah. are you saying that I they walked in and walked out and said, "Okay, you're in handcuffs"? No. What are you doing? Yeah. That we're not treated the same, and like I tell people, man, we we're fighting for equality. How simple and crazy is that, right? That we're fighting for equality. We're not, we're not fighting for, as opposed to fighting for superiority. It's like, okay, yeah. we're fighting to overtake you. No, we're fighting for equality. Yeah. And people are condemning people in the streets for breaking windows. Fuck them windows. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, what Biggie say on 10 Crack Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Number nine should have been number one to me. <laughs> if you ain't getting back, stay the fuck from police. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a contentious relationship to the point where it's some cops I know that don't even reveal their cops. Yeah. That almost hide the fact that they are police officers. Yeah. Where I feel like they could ingratiate themselves with it and possibly try to reconnect right. with the community what's going on. Cause the 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 George Floyd, yes, you're right. It's no reason to handcuff somebody that early in the morning just because of a, a, a fake 20 or the alleged fake 20 alleged or even if there 20. was a fake 20 yeah. how you know it was coming from Four him cops, right like and, and that's the danger of like if a person's watching this saying to themselves well it's just one officer that drove up but we know how fast that one officer can become right. seven squad cars but listen Kyrie, that's one of the biggest problems see people are focusing on the death mm -hmm. but there's these everyday microaggression uh, microaggressions from police yeah that we suffer from every day yes the the stopping the pulling out of the car the putting in handcuffs the placing under arrest for nothing yes. for no probable cause the in those my, those small what, what are seen to be small injustices that add up and then one day somebody's murdered and everybody just goes bananas and their heads explode because you can't believe that someone got murdered on 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 your on a, on social media yeah but if you if we stop all these microaggressions if they were held accountable for pulling me out of the car yeah unjustly yes i wasn't supposed to be out of the car in the first place you got yes. my license registration now while i'm out of the car now i'm under arrest now you put me in handcuffs yeah you don't find anything then you you send me on my way yeah you were wrong 
police officer, you were wrong. You should be held accountable for that. When you start holding these police officers accountable, so they're not, I'm not even in a position where I have to, where I'm so-called resisting arrest or really standing yeah. up for my right to not be arrested without probable cause, right? Yeah. So they just say, okay, get out of the car. No, you're resisting arrest. Yes. No, I'm standing up for my to, for my right. And the, and the sad thing right now, at, at my age now, interacting with police officers, I'm so, I'm so by the book and square to save my life. Right. You know? But to I me, mean, that's I don't so get pulled over as much as I was when I was younger. Right. And I, I think don't either. the younger, it's like they saw that young black man in the entity. I mean, it, it was like clockwork. I, I want to mm. say from the age of 17 to maybe 24, I would get pulled over four times a year. Yeah. And me too. every time I would get some type of bullshit ticket at worst. So I'm exactly. not in the game or anything. But they give you a ticket. And it could escalate from like what you say. Pull over, license registration, they go back and then they give you the ticket. Right. Great situation. Yeah. Worst situation. Why don't we get out the car? Get out the car and then you stand on the hood. But almost like when you're dealing with the cop and then you got the other cop in the car right. that's drawing the firearm on you, you get so nervous of like, what the fuck am right. I supposed to do? But Where am I we, supposed to stand? But then, How am I supposed to stand? It's like, hey, everybody, put your hands on the top of the, you know, put your Kari, hands on the top I of the hood. I hate that. I hate that. Like that. That we, man, I am. Of yeah. the opinion that we should not teach our kids how to be timid around Police. law enforcement. Hmm. We should not. I think hmm. that's counterproductive. I think. Now, we can have a discussion. People will disagree. I, I really wanna, that's fine. I really want to get into that because, because I really don't I think know. we're making the... We need to stand up for our rights. Stand hmm. up for justice. Oh, a police officer comes up to the car... Put your hands like this. Get down. Be nice. Yeah. Say, sir. Say, no. Stand up for your rights. Be assertive. Tell this cop you're not standing for any of that bullshit. Yeah. Understand your rights. Know your rights. Yeah. And that's how you survive. And if you don't survive, that's how you help the culture move forward. You see these white folks, they coming up. They so confident around police. They got the the rifles and everything like yeah. yelling in their face where well, we're teaching our kids yeah. mind you these are people that we pay tax dollars yeah. you understand these we are citizens yeah. in this nation they are supposed to be serving and protecting us they i mean we say it as as if it's cliche but it's not this is real shit yeah. these are liberties that we're talking about right yeah. and we're saying be timid yeah. when asserting your liberty fuck that I'm talking about live free or die. Now, if any other race, any other nationality, especially Caucasian, says live free or die, they're applauded. Black man, live free or die. Bus windows. I am mad as hell. Mm -hmm. Tear this shit down because I would rather die than to live oppressed. You are, as a black man, a radical and you need to be snuffed the fuck out. And that is not right. Right now, when you say that training for police, because you have a daughter, right? You have you you have you have younger cousins, and you you have young dudes that look up to you, interact with all the time at the Wildermere. I mean, y'all right. employ like some you know y'all employ dudes from the neighborhood, right? So it, it's it's tough because you know that could be survival. Yeah, 
in that. But even right. when you act timid, you still can get murdered as well. Right. Because <laughs> in that standing up for your rights, you know, the like I've I, the most I've, I used to do, because, you know, anybody that's ever gotten a ticket, you can't read that shit. You don't even know what they put on it. Right. So it's like, hey, what is this? And it's like, you know, you, I've gotten you'll find out when you go to court. Yeah. Let alone it's, it's like other things happening in the back of my mind now because I'm over because there's so many black people in Detroit. We pay so much in car insurance already. Right. It's ridiculous. You get caught for a moving violation. Now your car insurance goes up. Right. You're already if you're young. I mean, you're paying probably three hundred fifty dollars a month for people that's listening outside the city of Detroit. If you're young in the city of Detroit perfect driving record and when i say young meaning under the age of 30 you're paying 350 dollars a month for car insurance this is ridiculous and that's straight bullshit <laughs> general no fault the the cheapest insurance you can find you're paying 350 a month and the car you, ain't even worth 350 and the car is you're you're paying more for car insurance than the goddamn car you get a moving violation at 350 probably gonna go up to like 425 you get two moving violations now you probably looking at like Certain car insurance. Now you riding around without gonna, insurance. At this, they not even gonna want to do get car insurance. At right. this point, and you ride around dirty, as we say, and that's why most most people don't have licenses in Detroit. People think that like, wow, look at these irresponsible people because car insurance costs so goddamn much. And right. you're right, you're riding dirty now. Right. And now you're riding dirty, and the cop pulls you over. It changes your whole disposition. And most of these police officers know you. We riding dirty because of these racist laws with car insurance. Right. And they go hand in hand. Yeah, it definitely does. Right. And it shackles you to even certain communities. Yeah. You know, to go to the suburbs when you do something. Let me tell you something. I went to law school. Yeah. Passed the bar first yeah. time. Right. Uh huh. I did not get my license, my law license, because I is a process called character and fitness. Right. Yeah. And one of the big issues with my character and fitness was. My driving record, riding around with no insurance and all of these things that you're talking about. So I effectively, among other things, I don't want to mislead the Detroit as different audience. Yeah. We could talk about that on another day, but I did not really get my law license to practice law. Yeah. Partially because of my driving record and driving without insurance and all these different just issues that black, you're talking about. Really. Or just not being able to afford no damn car insurance. But but it's still being black. Right. Because the car insurance is high in because our black neighborhoods. Exactly. But also say, people still in cars in our neighborhood too fucking they are, much. They are there are there is car theft. Right. But the argument the argument when it comes to car theft that I always say and it makes it ridiculous is Chicago people not paying as much in car insurance? Yeah. You know, New New York people don't pay this much in car insurance. LA people not paying this much in car insurance. Yeah. New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey may be the place where they steal the most cars on earth. At all, yeah. And they're not paying this much in car insurance. So what the fuck is going on with Detroit other than this is the most black populated city in America? I don't know, man. And I know it's, they say the whole thing of if you get into a car accident and you have a head injury, we'll pay for you to get out the hospital. Uh, we, you know, we'll pay no for your fault. hospital, all of that shit. But the reality is, we're still you. Something happens to your car, you fighting tooth and nail to get anything from these goddamn insurance. Companies. Oh yeah, man. So 
So it's, it's, it's one of those things that you're paying so much for it where it's, it's unreasonable, you know, to pay $350 a month for car insurance for a car that's not even worth that in a year. Where if it does get totaled Man, out, it's not, not even, even going to get that to you in value. Right. But they paying for your... I, it's the no-fault law. And that's I know that's what they say. That's been a contentious issue. I, I know that's what they say it is. Yeah. But to me, I, I, I would argue they're not caring about keeping us alive in the first place either. Right. You know? Yeah. Because one of the questions they always ask is like, if that's the case, then why do I always have to tell my car insurance company whether I got health insurance or not? Why do they want to know? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you just care about my health, I mean, but this is the anger that goes because so many of us do ride dirty. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we are riding dirty because of how much insurance costs, that's going to lead to so many tickets because driving with a suspended license is the ticket you right. definitely don't You lose. definitely about to get. And it can lead to a negative experience with the law enforcement definitely. officer. Right. Because they like... Pull over, let me get your license, insurance. And as soon as they say license, insurance, registration, your heart just drops right down to your stomach because yeah, you, you like, have to I ain't got no damn insurance. You have decision of telling him, hey, I'm bold or not. And then, then, then you know that your, your fate of being arrested or not is in their hands. Right. And then that's an economic crime right there, right? Because it's like, if I had money, I would have insurance. Uh, a wealthy person wouldn't get this ticket because they can afford the insurance. So now you in effect penalizing me for being poor right yeah. penalize penalizing me for not being able to afford car insurance it's not the fact that i don't want car insurance everybody would like to pay for it but i just yeah. can't fucking afford it yeah I especially here it. so i right. mean i don't know like let's put it like this when when it was the goofy uh driver responsibility fee right i almost don't know it's hard for me to find a black man that man, wasn't paying that shit, bro. That driver responsibility fee was crazy. I was mad as hell. And I was underground home. Yeah, I know. So we getting it from all sides. So as you were talking, and I know we went deep into some Michigan shit about this, but people need to understand it's all interconnected because mm-hmm. these laws in, impact the timid natures of, of us not standing up for our rights. So what right. would you tell those young dudes right now to, how to that stand may up for be right? riding bold, that may... That may be Ooh, facing that. What's, somebody what's riding bold. What's the back and forth with police? If you're riding bold, if you're riding without car insurance, you don't have much of a... You got to take the ticket and move on. But now if these... Because what what else can you do? You, you're not, you don't have insurance. That's a sad case. How many but somebody who's, who's totally abiding by the law, right? Yeah. And they find themselves being stripped out of their car without probable cause. Yeah. Because once you say I don't have car insurance, that's, that's probable cause for an arrest. Yeah. Right? That's an arrestable offense. Yeah. So if the police officer says step out of the car, I would say step out of the fucking car. Right? But if you got license insurance registration and everything, and they talking about step out the car, I wouldn't advise, I wouldn't train my child, my black boy, nor my black girl to say officer put your hands right here keep your hands officer please don't kill me i'm subject to all the whims of this person because you have all ultimate authority over me no i'm not teaching my kid that i'm teaching my kid to question that power question that authority 
listen, these are my rights and assert her authority over this civil servant. You feel me? Saying, hey, these are my rights. She may end up face down in the street, but that's the price that you have to pay for asserting your freedoms and your liberties. You understand what I'm saying? Do not be timid in the face of harassment or injustice. We cannot be. We cannot be. We have to stand up. We have to stand up to injustice, right? Being timid, I'm of the belief that that shit is for the birds and it does not work. You gotta, you have to stand up in the face of injustice. That's the only way to get over. I don't, I don't believe that that power is peacefully transferred. I don't think you can peacefully march your way into a better position with your oppressor. I believe that it has to be fought for. And I believe that black people have been fighting. I don't think that it gets the credit. Since our sojourn in this country, I don't believe yeah. I, we've been fighting from the beginning, non-peacefully, with arms. I'm talking about from all the way from the Nat Turners, but they don't get, it's not in the history books. And, and people, don't, they just ignore it. But we've been fighting from the beginning. Yeah, We've been fighting and rioting we, we and, fighting. and tearing shit up. Since we've we been here. We were fighting during the Middle Passage. On right. The one of the biggest, yeah. one of the largest, one of the biggest uh, reasons that I believe for the uh, emancipating black people from slavery was the fact that there was so much revolution going on in the South. That was one of the things, right? It yeah. was the economic portion. I think it was a multifaceted issue. And yeah. So... But one was it was a lot of unrest in the South. And you needed the black soldiers. Right. You need the black soldiers. But black people were the yes. Nat Turners of the world were rising Already, up. Yes. There was word coming back from Haiti the way I understand it. Somebody yes. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I can be. I've been before. But word was coming from Haiti who had already revolted and, take, yeah. and took and over the, the Haitian Republic. Right. Yeah. And word was getting back to America that these black folks had taken over this island. And there was unrest. People wanted to be free. And you had abolitionists and you had people who want, you had uh, Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. Plus, not just the Underground Railroad. There were other yes. methods of escaping. The railroad is just to condense our history down to the smallest nugget. But there was the man, people were mailing themselves to the north into Canada in boxes, like literal UPS, mail myself in a box to the north there was yeah. the harriet tubman's of the world so there was rioting there was looting and i believe that contributed to yes a response the freedom to be that we that we that we see the same thing yeah. with uh the threat of violence when in 67 when the riots yeah we had the peaceful protest with martin luther king but there was also uprisings in 67 and 68 Yes. Black people were tearing shit up, and, and 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 let me say this: as I've as I've talked about uh, a lot of these topics, like I say, it's, it's surprising sometimes when people see me as so militant. But America has a violent culture; it's always responded best to violence, especially violence towards property. Right. Uh, when you think of the 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 foundation of this nation, the Boston Tea Party, the American right. Revolution, right, uh, which. In some ways, I think America was kind of wrong, but uh, it, it, the foundation is property and violence. America's never been really moved 
by things outside of that. Right. You know, yeah. like so. So, you know, like you, you think of like Roe v. Wade and the way that abortion clinics were bombed. And I mean, even to this day, like it's yeah. like now we got to talk about this shit. Yeah. We can't we can't skirt around this. Yeah. Like violence. Has 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 been something that we've responded to. Right. Now, the question I have with everything that's going on is always the question that I think people are trying to move past it right now as fast. It's like, so what do you do when the looting stops? What do you do when when stop stops things stop burning? Um personal responsibility and, and i personally kind of the the tough thing is to highlight on to highlight on what people see as violent and negative in this mm-hmm. and it's such an iota of the bigger story yeah but then on the flip side to say that that guy is just one cop yeah, that's ridiculous. Just shows the blind nature of the yeah. media that's complicit yeah. with police brutality and murder. Yeah. Um, are many of these politicians that are complicit with police brutality and murder. Yeah. And, and it's got to be tough to be a politician right now because I really think politicians need to shut the fuck up and be like, I understand why people are doing this. Yeah. See, people, and when I have these conversations, mm-hmm. then people are like, well, what's the solution? That's a loaded question to me because it's like yeah. people want it to be like, okay, well, this the solution, this, yeah. this singular thing will will have. Well, let's elect a black president or make a vice Biden take a, a black a nominate a black woman. And then yeah. that that'll be the solution. That's not the. this is I tell people, man, this is very, very complicated. Yes. And this is uh, it, it's not black or white. This is many yeah. shades of gray in this. Yes. And it's a multifaceted problem yes. is going to take a multifaceted solution, solution. you yes. understand what i'm saying so it's going to be the, the peaceful protest i'm not the one to say no fuck that stop peaceful protest we need that that's yeah. a form because everybody's not going to take to the street with arms but also those brothers out there untrained just mad as hell yeah about what's going on and they all they yeah. got is a brick and a window we need that too and, but, not, but it's always been like that right. everybody was not uh, right Dr. King. Right. Everybody not Dr. Or Ma- King. Or Malcolm X. Right. Or, uh, you know, everybody does mega We need average. brothers like you yeah. who take to the airways. Yeah. We need brothers like... It's you that are in business. Business, business owners, right? Yeah. We need our politicians. Yeah. We need personal responsibility. Raise your kids right. We need more attorneys, more doctors, more architects. It's a multifaceted issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take... Many different things. It's not going to just be one. It can't just be one thing. Solution. That's why you won't see me uh, condemning peaceful protests. But you also will not see me condemning Join a brother with yeah. a damn brick and throw I, it through a window. I because agree. you need that. Th- I believe. I believe. And we can have an argument. I'm sure people that would love to argue with me. You need that brick in the window. I, you need I that think, threat of I violence. Think so too. You need that threat I of think violence. So too. I, I think mean, every black man, every black person should yeah. have. Every black person should have a legal firearm. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that, too. But like I've said to people, you know, I've never seen a cop charged. And I still kind of don't like that they don't have the vi- the perp walk with them. Right. They don't have the video of him being charged. Right. But after that target burned down, next thing you know, that guy got charges. Oh, the, the uh, prosecutor. Who- yeah. yeah. Derek got charged. Derek Chauvin or whatever got charges after that target burned down. Yeah. 
you know, and let's put it like this. Charges. I've never seen charges move that fast on yeah. a cop. And that's the other problem. And you have a legal exactly. background. So before we get to that, why are police protected so much it, under the assumption? Two things. One, cops have the cops have the 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 courtesy and the privilege of they uh, uh, you need to not just prove beyond a reasonable doubt which what we have as citizens with criminal mm -hmm. you have to prove intent right when a cop commits a criminal violence that he act, intended to which kill. is beyond reasonable you know that's 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 not reasonable doubt right because how do you prove intent but the thing about police officers is that they are entrusted to use to i don't know if entrusted is the word but they are they have the discretion to use to force. use certain force like we yes we give them the right the right to use a certain amount of force but that is the problem right and, there and the question starts becoming did he use too much force? And then that's why you start seeing police officers not being yeah. charged or being acquitted because it's like, did he cross that line of excessive force? But see, this is the thing. Because a police officer has the right to slam this person True. on the ground in certain circumstances. I don't shoot, think I don't shoot know. a person. No, they have the right, right to shoot you. Right. That's why they have guns and bullets. Right. Right. They have the light, right to slam you down. They have the right to chokehold and apprehend you, arrest you, exactly. to detain you. Um, right. And this is the thing when it comes to excessive force. That's still by discretion. Yeah. Unlike most things that we have as citizens, yeah. we don't have discretion. If, if me and you were just, you know, if me and you were, for whatever reason, playing with firearms and I shoot you, yeah. I'm going to be apprehended. Without people thinking to themselves, let's gather all the evidence to figure out the intent and how we can charge him. What about this Amal Arbery situation, though? That's another one of those. Like, that was glaring. Tragic situation. Right. But the injustice, the injustice is that it took, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong again, 70 days, 70 yeah. some odd days about two months, to yeah. charge these people who yeah. probably would have never been charged. If, if not there the was video. video in the surface and didn't go public, right? Yes. And, that's, and I, and that's that more is disturbing. so unjust. And these were not officers or they were former. One was a former officer, I believe. But this is not an officer who's entrusted yeah. with the power to take to use force. You should have never been. And that has a Detroit one, tie. I went to high school with one of the uh, lead attorneys that's going to be on that case. Deidre, shout out Deidre. Really? Stay strong. I sent her uh, uh, Instagram like, yo, let us know what's happening because I know how those Georgia, Georgia courts can be based on even who their governor is. But the thing about it is. And, and, and that was some bullshit vigilante justice. That's right. just like the George Zimmerman shit. Right. Are we ready for a non-guilty non verdict? on either or both of those cases then what happens do we march because you gotta you gotta understand also people are saying okay we we and we understand these peaceful protests but the violence has to stop oh well six months ago a year ago uh kaepernick was demagogued and was 
demonized for planting his knee in the ground peacefully during a football game, fired from his job, and called an asshole or son of a bitch in public from the president of the United States, the highest office in the land with the bully pulpit, peacefully protesting the same exact thing that we are dealing with right now. And you're saying, well, we respect a peaceful protest. Well, how much more peaceful does it get? But he's demonizing fire from his job for peacefully protesting. So now here we are in the streets tearing shit up and we got your attention. They're yeah. talking about bringing the army and all this shit. I know. Don't you wish that you had Colin Kaepernick peaceful protest right now? Yeah. And that you would have heard his cries. But the problem, it always harkens back to we're fighting for equality yeah. that's the shit that makes you say you know what burn it all down because the fact that you're fighting for equality to me i don't know if it's making sense to the broader community but equality to be treated equally that shit is just like it's mind-boggling you shouldn't have to fight for fucking equality now if i was fighting we can fight to take over you and to and to destroy you and to take property from we're just fighting to be left alone and to be justly treated under these laws to have the expectation to come home alive and live peacefully in this nation but now that kind of leads to the next question uh and i want to get over to the firearm point too and and this is a great conversation um definitely a lot of great information and emotion I knew that you were the first person that I wanted to talk to about this. Uh, so thank you for coming in. Black business owner right now. Right. As someone that has dealt with being shut down from making money from by the police. Right. Um, and it's still like a, 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 a static situation mm-hmm. um, because, in my opinion, right. I remember when you first told me you guys got a ticket. My first thing was... I've dealt with this before. I guarantee that somebody in this neighborhood works for the city. Okay. But someone in that community weaponized the police against your business. Yeah. Like that white lady tried to do in the park. See, we can go on and on about this shit. This shit is ridiculous. So so conducting business in the city as a black entrepreneur in a city that's 85% black. Right. What recourse do we have uh, when dealing with police officers or, or what recourse do we have against people that do weaponize the police? Like, like how should that person function? What advice do you give to that person? Because with what you're doing, it's a lot of people that want to do something like that in many communities as we can drive through so many neighborhoods and not even touch a black business in Detroit. So what is the my advice to a black business owner who's dealing with that situation that we that we yeah. deal with? Yeah. Make sure you have all your all your ducks in a row where just like as black people, we have to just go over and beyond so that we can't when they come to you, you got all your shit. Just like the insurance situation. Just make sure you have your insurance as a business owner. Make sure you got your business licenses. Make sure you're handling your business properly. And when they step to you, you got all your stuff. Now, what if the argument becomes I don't want to do that because I'm living in an unequal place? It's already unjust. We don't have equality, so I don't want to pay into the system. That's a tough one, man. 
that's a tough one. I don't have the the answer for that. A How do you insulate yourself from the the system? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, uh, with that, what about when when we weaponize the police against each other? <laughs> what's the what's the recourse that's such in that? a that's such a sad situation when we and weaponize it, happens. it. Yeah, it happens. It it happens in families. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna call the cops on you, yeah. as we saw that man in the park, like you said, bird yeah. watching. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna yeah. call the cops on you. In in uh, yeah, but to the, a black to a black person is like basically pulling a, that's pulling a gun on a person. Yeah, when you are you saying when we weaponize black folks weaponize the police against other black folks, or when a white woman weaponizes Let's the go police black against to a black the situation you dealt with? Because I remember when you right. told me what you were dealing with. Like, man, man I can't believe that the cops got some tacos earlier and now we get the that's, ticket. That's, and that's, then the cops got, and then I, still, I told you the same day. I was like, I guarantee it's somebody that works in the city that has a relationship with the police that didn't even want to have the dignity to walk across the street or, and talk to you guys right. like human beings. Man, so that's a good question because that's an inter-community kind of question you understand so yeah it's almost that's something like that we gotta a take person that, when do you call the police that's kind of like a deeper question like right that. say when do you call the police as a black on someone else when there's some violence going on or when you feel like you threaten but mm. you call somebody call the police on on some people that are selling tacos that seems a little bit you know. Not even a little bit. That shit is extremely excessive. Right. Somebody I think when tacos. you can at least, I think step one should always be to interact with. And like I said, we sp in our situation, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of fixing up your community. Because this was a vacant and abandoned building sitting on your corner. We livened it up. We opened it up. We activated the space. Now we're selling tacos, which we didn't have the license to sell tacos and a community member felt that that was inappropriate well i'm gonna say this for you black person. at detroit at detroit is different don't do that dumb shit <laughs> you need to interact with our community yeah as black people we should never be afraid of other black people especially if they're you saying don't something. do that shit don't call the police you should step one should be to walk across the street and say hey Right, because I, I know the midnight shift or whatever your gripe is. Yeah. Because the 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 tacos couldn't have been his problem, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever the gripe is, right? You walk across the street and you you share that. Hey, you you bring in more traffic. People are parking in front of my house, and it's like now we can interact with you, and we can address what that is. I think we can come together as a community. So that what I'm what I ask you this question is because. It's been more talk about the anti-police movement going on where we just as a community solve our own problems. And that's why I asked you this, because this is like one of those steps. It's like bringing in an outsider to solve an internal problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's Whereas I, I really do think that he could have, you know, the neighbor could have approached you all like men and resolve the situation. He could have. He chose not to. So, I. Uh. So that's where I'm, I, I mean, what I know, I know for you is it's definitely more direct and personal. But. Uh, 
what what should that course of you know what I'm saying like that course of action when that happens when you're dealing with that because that happens to the reason I knew that you know was what? what happened because it happened to some businesses I've been working with before but you know what that's an inner community problem like that's not that's that's where we talking about inside our own community yes. like how do we because a lot of stuff and I'm yeah. conservative in this like personal responsibility in our community like we can't expect everything to be uh coming from a someone another community yes. oh stop beating on me stop police stop that's the answer to okay that's a portion of it the yeah. state stop treading on me right yeah but also brother don't kill your other brother that ain't got nothing to do with this police officer and i'm talking about black on black right yeah crime when a brother kill another brother that's we i can't play i've racked my brain on how to make that into the white how man's fault but brother i can't blame the white man for another black man killing another black man or another black mm -hmm. man calling the police or weaponizing the police on some brothers selling tacos across the street right and, and i think with both conflicts we we can that's have, personal responsibility we can have i think with both conflicts we can have ways to de-escalate because right. that's the challenge also even with as i watch these peaceful protests yeah. i think to myself the training and my interactions with police it's rare that i've run is some it's rare i've run across officers that de-escalate situations yeah. and they're usually the, the 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 cream of the crop they're usually like a spokesperson they're they're they carry themselves in such a way mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, almost, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, that's the type of cop that can arrest you without handcuffs. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you're laughing, but it, yeah. it, it's real. Yeah. You know? They you do know, and job, it's rare, yeah. you know, because they know how to calm crowds. I usually see better security guards like this. Okay. Where I've seen people serve in a security capacity at clubs or strip clubs or concerts or festivals where, you know, Static kind of starts, yeah, for whatever reason. And they know how ego, to de-escalate. And they know how to, hey, yeah, you know, let's right versus. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, usually in the security. Would you ever uh, consider having a a police officer on on Detroit is different? I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Yeah. So because I, they can bring a perspective, like they can, listen. they can definitely bring a perspective where I I really do think some of this, you know, but thinking outside of bringing people inside our community. We need resolutions inside our community that can resolve these challenges. Yeah. Because a lot of the challenges. We have a lot of challenges. A in lot our of the challenges. That's not outside yes, that, challenges that, that, that are, are inter. Yes. Which I, I connect. I guess I'm Dr. Amos Wilson. The hysteria yeah. that we live in, in in America as black people. It's in a macro connected to being in America. Right. Living in this system that wasn't designed for us. Right. But now how we personally enact it, yes, it's more personal accountability. So right. I guess you could look at it like I'm placing blame on white people for black people's internal problems. I don't see it like that. But I do think that we're in a hysteria and chaos mm -hmm. just due to that makeup. And as yeah. you went to that, let's, let's talk about safety and protection. You said firearm is firearm. something that you think. Yeah, I believe that every black man should be able to protect himself and his family. Not just black man, every black man and woman should be able should have firearm and be able to protect themselves in 
situations like what we're going through now and legally carry and confidently carry their firearms, not timidly carry their firearms. Openly understand the law of the Second Amendment right to carry a firearm and own a firearm to protect themselves. I think that that is something that we should do and know how to use them and teach their kids how to use them. I believe that that's the two things. I believe every black person should own property and firearm. Now, two things. When you when you talk about that, we're gonna speak about one of our one of our mutual heroes, Tupac Shakur. Right. Uh, Tupac Shakur, like people know, it's like the classic legend of him. Yeah. Tupac Shakur saw a black man being assaulted by police officers. Exactly. Pulled over to the side and shot. Two Those officers. Two officers. Right. Um, Tupac Shakur was being represented by one of my mentors from Detroit, Chokwe Lumumba, for that case. Um, shout out that whole Chokwe Lumumba family. Right now, his son is the mayor in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Republic of New Africa. Read up on Chokwe Lumumba if you're listening to this. Do you? Do you think? as more black people are armed, it will stop incidents like that. Do you think people will have the guts to do Whether something Whether it like stops that? incidents like George Floyd's incident? Yes. Will it stop it? I don't I know. I don't know. Okay. But will we be able to defend ourselves better in those situations? Yes. Okay. Right? Uh, if, because the, the young man, I saw the young man who actually, the guy who was in the background doing all the talking. I don't think he was doing the filming, but the no. young brother who was doing yes. the, the most talking yes. in the George Floyd situation, incident. Yes. incident. Murder. Yeah. I heard him talking. I saw him on CNN. He bawled crying. And I took that to mean how he felt he was affected by the fact that he was he felt powerless and unable to help this brother. That's what I took out of it. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the reason that he was so emotional about it. But that's what I took out of it. And I, the brother, I heard him express how he understood uh, martial arts and he was into martial arts and how he mm. understood chokeholds. The brother yeah. understood chokeholds and all of this. And I, I took it as he was in some way blaming himself for not intervening. And as I move around the community and talk to people, everyone's saying like, man, if that was me, I would have done something. ABC. Which is... We don't know. We don't know. And yeah. even for myself, so it's not like I'm attacking people. Shit, man, I'm scared as hell I, I with, of know. the police, man. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, I get tremors when I when they got, they got guns. And if you do, if I do go attack this person, I'm definitely in jail. If not dead, I got kids. It, it, All yeah. these different things are going through my head. So, I think it takes a very courageous person to intervene. But if we have our firearms. Yeah. And if we have our firearms and we aren't timid in the face of the state and yes. we're not timid in the face of law enforcement civil servants servants right yes. and as i harken back to what i said before we assert our right we assert our authority we assert our citizenship and our right to be treated well we assert our second amendment so mm -hmm. we're in the george floyd situation uh, we have a multitude of community members with firearms saying, this is wrong. Get up. Yeah. Stop. Right? Yeah. You're in our community. You're not going to, like the women who came up to me at the yeah. park, if, if 
for everybody who's watching and who who remember the woman instead of coming up with a camera you come up with a camera and a firearm yeah so if you're messing with my brother i understand my right i understand and i'm not scared to use my right i'm not oh my god because we raise our children to be afraid yes. of the people who are supposed to be serving and protecting them yes. which is a backwards thing so the officer is paid to serve me and protect me but i am afraid of the officer because my mom is so afraid of me not coming home alive that she raises me and trains me to be timid in the face of their authority right yes as as opposed to raising me to be um courageous and assertive in these alter in these uh inter interactions with authority raising me to understand that these per persons are here to serve you and to protect you and they work for you and if they get out of line you have recourse through your second amendment hopefully not but the courts and blah 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 right all these different mechanisms in our society understanding that and utilizing that as opposed to saying well don't even forget your power as a citizen just try to survive just try to survive which i believe is backwards thinking and that and that harkens back to willie lynch and so forth with the the, the that you take the father out of the equation right because he's so has the t male testosterone and aggression you take him out and he doesn't have the ability to raise the child to be proud and to take care of himself and the mom being one who is more content and raises the child to survive in the environment right mm -hmm. at least that's what i took out of willie yeah. lynch is you take the father out you have the mother raise the child the, the mother raises the child to survive and to be uh and to be submissive to the law to master in this case but to law enforcement and so forth and so those that lineage i believe still resonates to an extent we hear about that all the time black people on television all the time and i reject it i this is what i teach my this is what i see on television this is i teach my son how to interact with police yeah. officer and it's never tell that police officer to back the fuck up this is my right this is my firearm this is my second amendment right this is my first amendment right to say whatever the fuck i want to say well not whatever i want to say but it's my first yes. amendment right to speak my peace without peacefully without threatening without you. threatening you it's my second amendment right to carry this firearm yeah and whatever and there's whatever other right to protect myself if you, know. you are a rogue cop and you're taking me to the ground and it's this other brother's right to get this officer off of george floyd what tupac did before he kills him what tupac did but we don't assert our right because we know we're raised in fear and i was too and it's still in Me the too. back of my mind. It's still, I'm scared it's still as hell. Like, like when you just told the story about the white cop pulling up, because it's more, and I've seen it, it, it's never just one cop car. Right. I mean, I think, especially when I was younger, I, I remember uh, an incident where I'm leaving a King Cass football game. Right. And this is another thing where you talk about the black cops. Right. I mean, our, our high schools have gang squad units inside high schools gang squad i know and and if you're not from an urban city and you're unfamiliar with what gang squad is gang squad is a gang <laughs> you know 
these officers are not interacting with students it's, like it's, there's hey, nothing man, friendly about let these me get guys. you let me get you to class what's going on that you want to play a pickup game black cops black cops black gang cops. squad very scary is a military based unit of policing right it's under swat team man the way inside a high school inside every dps high school was gang squad so gang squad it was uh uh you know usual high school type fight and after the fight we i guess we're walking we were walking up to coney island kid shit in detroit got pulled over by one cop one cop became 15 cop cars all drawn on me we're we're 15 years old it's me my friend my friend low and his boy all three of us for the three of us 15 cop cars 30 cops all because somebody you know may have punched a kid in the audience mm. you know and gang yeah. squad is like we say a military based unit so they're coming out you know some had the riot gear helmets on you know they have all the tactical uh, they have tactical weapons on top of their guns. Right. You know, this this isn't this. Uh, and yelling, get the fuck on the ground and exactly. shut the fuck up. Exactly. So this, this Rights situation are happens out of to the window. 15. So it's like w with what you say is so revolutionary. If I'm to respond like what you say. Right. Under my First Amendment right. No, I got the right to stand here. Right. And he didn't shove me, but he pushed me down because right. my homeboys was like, shit, hands behind their head, laying on the ground. Exactly. And everybody is looking. Right. And we obviously weren't those people. My parents, we went to, uh, I remember this incident. I took the cop's badge number and like usual, the cop that did all the fuck shit and yelled at me and had me get the fuck on the ground and put the gun to the back of my head. Right. He walks away and they scurry off and then comes the old black guy cop that's still there with us like hey you know it's crazy stuff out here you know hopefully you don't take it to heart and i was like man give me his badge number what precinct he at me my mom my dad all went to the precinct on bell isle when it was still active because it was right. from king high school had a conversation where my dad just spoke to the cop about that whole shit and it was like surreal because i'm still shook the fuck your dad up. wouldn't talk to the officer he went to talk to that officer. And what was the response? Did they peacefully talk or did they? My dad was shouting. He can probably, I may need to bring him on to sell more. My dad was shouting. He was angry. The old cop that calmed things down was kind of giving his perspective. That officer apologized, but they also kind of came from the, you know, kids is crazy these days kind of perspective. Yeah. As if, yeah, that's fucked up. Your son had to go through that. But you gotta understand the type of the type of animals that's out here in Detroit. That's how we gotta deal with people. Man. That was pretty much the 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 discussion from that. Yeah, yeah. It's like they uh, they try to use inner city uh, violence to justify their violence, the usurp the usurpation of rights and liberties. Yes, right. So because the environment that I'm living in is in ways violent that I, me as a peaceful person i just have to my my rights and liberties go out the window i don't have the same rights as someone who who, who grew up who grows up in a uh upper middle class neighborhood where there aren't there aren't 
violent crimes uh, committed or they're not crimes. There's less crime. So me as a peaceful person, I'm not doing anything. I don't have rights yeah. or my rights are limited in a way because I'm not because my environment is crazy. That's see, that's fucked up. And I question that even. But, you know, me, I'm, I mean, in my nationalism, I think it's a context for the violence that happens over here. Because right. I'm very community-based. Right. I mean, it's on my current block where Detroit is different is. I mean, I don't want to incriminate nobody, but it's shit that happens. Right. But it's a context for me knowing what it is. Yeah. And like I tell most people, if you don't get in this shit, shit usually doesn't come your way. Uh-huh. So I actually think our community is a lot safer. And, and in some ways, I feel safer in the city because I don't have to deal with white police officers right i got a homegirl that stay in ann arbor and and i was just going to uh one day i was dropping off something with her and i was telling her i was like you don't even know how scary sometimes it is coming to visit you because sometimes your white neighbors will look out the window and be looking at me get out the car (laughs) and i'm like and i mean and she's sort of you know she's hip to some of the understanding of being a black man but i'm like a white woman that's middle aged looking out the window of me getting out the car in the suburbs is some of the scariest <laughs> shit ever. Because if anything happens, I am now the reason for anything happening. Yeah. Well, that's that's the United States. That's the environment yeah. we live in. Because that Where, white woman yeah. is looking at you like I am so scared of him. Yeah. Right. In many in many situations, like I am yeah. so scared, I crossed the street when where the scary the, black man walked my way. Where is and the, you looking at her like yeah. I ain't, I'm not interested in you and, at all. And I'm I've been a lot of places, New Orleans, shit. My family in Cincinnati. I pull up on a porch and it's seven dudes outside with no shirt on. Yeah, blasting music and maybe one got a pistol on the table. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Yeah, I got a context for. I ain't fucking with them. I'm cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I have a context of this is safe. White lady looking through window is not. Right. Yeah. You know, black dude on the porch shooting dice with a gun on the table. Oh, this is cool. I I know. (laughs) I know the culture of this. Right. Brother with the gun on the table. Yeah. And weed out, which is legal now, which is crazy. That's a whole nother Detroit is different. But 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 in that. There are a lot of this whole concept of can you have a gun and use marijuana? It's a right. lot of that bullshit going on. Yeah, that does exist, and that's another thing where I th- I don't smoke I, I don't smoke, but I do recognize yeah. the way that they ha- that laws have criminalized marijuana against black people. Yeah, and it's people still serving time for marijuana yes. laws, and this shit is crazy. So. Yeah. But uh, Tamir Rice was the was yeah. the young boy that I was Good trying point. to get in Ohio, right? Tamir Rice. So yeah. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but just to clear that up. But but like you say, like I mean, it's the what's labeled as violence in my community. I don't even necessarily know if I see it as violence. Yeah. Even when they broke in my house, uh, uh, when the guys I saw the four men that were in my house when they saw I was oh, there. Oh, you saw? I saw they were in my crib, man. When they were in my crib and they saw that somebody lived there, they turned away and went to probably to find an abandoned house to try to strip it. You know? Man. 
See, but they didn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. You know, wasn't no tussle, wasn't no nothing. Yeah. And I was so in a haze because I'm waking up at like two in the morning. Would you have shot at them if? That's a very good. That's a very good question. I I don't know. I don't think so. Don't I think, think so? I think a, a firearm in that situation would have made the situation worse because it was so many of them. Yeah. And one of them having it. But and are my, you opposed to shooting at some black men that are breaking into your to your shit? As of now, I'm I'm single. I live by myself. I don't I don't have a. I think things would be different if I were married. If, With if kids, I had a child right? at the house. Uh, but as of now, I think that I can being me by myself. Yeah, that would be tough. That would be that way. What on about conscience. your things, your property? Yeah, it's like fuck all that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, because that's a thing in the city too, and that's where I start talking about like, um, like inter, like everything is not external. Some of this shit is internal, right? Yeah. People break into my house. You know, I'm, I flip houses. So yeah. I, I'm a real estate developer. So I have houses. And then I, as soon as I put stuff in there, sometimes it's a, it's a people in thing. our community take stuff out of sometimes, there. Sometimes but it's maybe, the person that you maybe, paid to help put, right. put but, the stuff in there. Exactly. You know? But maybe that happens in other communities too. But I'm not talking about other communities. I'm talking, yeah, about, talking about in ours. my community. Yeah. Yeah. A brother stealing from me. Yeah. You know, just like a cop busting my ass, a black cop busting my ass. These are inner community things. Like, so culturally, we need to work on some things. We're not a perfect. I, I think I think so much of this still deals with scarcity, right. too. I mean, because people are doing the survivalist type shit. Right. Uh, with, you know, at wit's end. Yeah, but we are. I, at I war. mean, so many, it, so many of us are not choosing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it may be some people to choose the strip houses, but I think it's going on more often because it's also a, 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 an economy that can't exist that, you know, I, that I think can be that, that can be nipped at the bud on the top. Like, yeah. you know, that I think you can track and we know a lot of this copper, a lot of this uh, steel, a lot of the a lot of the water tanks, a lot of the yeah. the furnaces are being sold under the table. Yeah, it and is. they know where some of these. But the we table have to take are. personal responsibility. Like I'm not the person that's yeah. everything's external to us. There yeah, are things that I we agree. can do to better our community. I like agree. people ask me all the time. I'm like, man, listen, let's just start with killing each other, not killing each other as much. Let's bring the the murder rate down and see how much that takes pushes us forward. As a community, which uh, which I I believe because my we context kill each other, of, but my context of guns are like different people see guns differently. I think guns right. are tools used to kill. Right, you know that's my interpretation of okay. what a gun is. So with a gun, now we're walking through, and, and and you know I'm not I'm not the most experienced. Right, I'm not a gun guy. Right, but with the gun, I guess now we need to go through the what is your moral compass? What are the reasons to kill somebody? Right. And I don't know, I definitely think being the incidents where I've seen murder happen and know of murder happening, a lot of it is not in the, in the, in the logical space and it's more a lot in the emotional space. Yeah. But still, I think if you logically already kind of set up your moral ground of these are the reasons why I would kill, we're probably making 
uh, I, I think that that will lower that response of people killing. Because yeah. a lot of but then the, that kind of a lot of the murders people. that I've seen most, just in, in my opinion, and know of, a lot of ego has to do with it. Yeah, I agree, and a then, lot of ego, a lot of usually situations with uh, where men and women somehow or women are involved, right? Mm. Uh, the senseless murders, ego, I should say, and, like and, and say. it's less. It has a whole lot less to do with anything about protection or safety. That's true, and then then my philosophy that every black man should have a gun, own a legal firearm. What does that do to the the, the murder rate? <laughs> does my philosophy or theory that every black man should own a gun does that increase the murder rate that i want to go down I, and it that's i think it, that's you got some me thinking ways it'll about raise things it, right? in some ways it'll lower it but i think it's also a check and balance i assume so many people in detroit already have guns whether they be legal or illegal right um uh, i go into most situations assuming people have a gun yeah i mean if i have a discourse or disagreement with a man yeah and, and this is back to like some of those uh we had a class like this back in middle school. What's that? Conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. But real conflict resolution. I mean, it was high, It was middle school, so we didn't really get into what real conflicts are. Right. But these conflicts usually tied to some type of insecurity okay. that we have. So it's like, how do, you, how do you resolve this conflict but still have this conflict? Okay. And, you know, like people say, like, damn, you're going to kill somebody over $50? The $50 is not why he's shooting him. It's the principle of the guy feeling as though his interpretation of me is the person that he can disrespect. I feel yeah. disrespected. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I was disregarded. I've, I've, I've looked to interact with him multiple times. And, he's, and now I see him at the cookout and he walks up and says, hey, to me and doesn't even acknowledge the $50 he owes me. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's shit like that. That I've seen where it's like, damn, he got shot over fifty dollars. Like when you when you hear about it, it's like, yeah, he got shot over fifty dollars. But no, he didn't get it's shot look, over fifty dollars. He, he got, got shot the over the ego and the insecurities. It. But furthermore, the other guy not having the 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 communication skills yeah. to to convey whatever it was. And sometimes the communication skills may be like, you know, for lack of better sense, you know, excuse my French, fuck that nigga. I ain't got to tell him <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that attitude. Has led to a lot of people I know getting shot. Yeah. Dead. You know? Yeah. Like, yo, man, uh, he took your girl, and I'm going to wear these buffs. I don't care. You know, yeah. take the motherfucking buffs off, which buffs are Cartier, Cartier glasses, glasses yeah. that are very famous in the city of Detroit. And then it's like, I ain't taking this shit off of nobody. Bop. Now I'm snatching. Robberies and all that. Yeah. You know, so, but it's, it's still the exchange of ego. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, I'm yeah. a firm believer in like possession. Take all of this stuff that's possessions. I can get yeah. this back. So you can, I can't get my life back. Yeah. Or you can't give that person their life back. And then also we're relying on justice where, I mean, I've seen Hatfield and McCoy situations between families, especially yeah, you know, going to Northwestern, where it's, it's like the, the, the most grimiest I've seen. I, I mean, I've seen situations where, uh, where under principle, you know, as they say, if the shoe was on the other foot, they would they would accept it. Like, yeah. you know, you know, child molesting, robbing, despicable human beings get murdered. 
But the family's like, you ain't doing that shit to my cousin. And then go back and want to kill again. And retaliate. So th- now we, we also have to accept that as well. What yeah. are those reasons? What What is the tenet that would make you say, this is a, this is a I want to use my firearm? Yeah. It could be, okay, I'm just going to use my firearm if somebody breaks in my house because I got my kids here. Yeah. It could be, I'm going to use my firearm if somebody you know uh threatens the life of my my mom or my my a lot of people use a firearm in place of a good old-fashioned fist fight but it can't be that right it can't be that it can't be that it It is that though but that becomes the challenge because if it is that then now you end up with the tragedies that happen with 300 murders in detroit You, you end up with the tragedies of ego yeah because that, you know, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And a lot of those guys, sometimes, that I've found, a lot of those guys are guys still, this is back to the whole looters, a lot of those guys are guys that aren't from Detroit. Oh, the it's looters, the guy that yeah. grew up in, in, in Oak Park or Southfield but want to hang out on 7 Mile every day. He's yeah. the most dangerous guy ever. <laughs> He's waiting for a reason to shoot somebody. Right. The Liz, guy that grew up on Seven Mile is probably going to be very peaceful, but because Liz, he has an understanding of the violence over there a lot more. A lot of looters, what I've noticed all over the United States, are a lot multicultural. Yeah, but I want to say white, but they could be anything. But, but they're, they're not all black. I mean, they're not all black. But I'm I'm saying just in the internal. Yeah. It, back to this internal gun thing. I think it's very dangerous. Like some of the people that have, uh, you know, that ego and something, it goes back to the ego and something to prove. Like yeah. from what I've seen, I'm, I'm speaking, especially in all my years Personal in Detroit hip hop. Right. Those guys are very dangerous. The yeah. suburban black kid interacting with Detroit black kids, yeah. you know, they rarely walk away like me. Like, you know, kids are calling me squares. Like, yeah, I'm square as hell. I don't smoke weed. I don't care. I don't do you can talk that, about yeah. me. Yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. Then you see the the kids coming from outside. And yes. <laughs> they have the chip on their shoulder and something to prove. Yeah. Chip on their shoulder, something to prove is a bad uh, mix for gun owner. That's male. I agree. Especially male gun but owner. Probably it's young. us turning those guns on ourselves. When I say I would yeah. like for every black man to have a, a legal firearm, it's not to turn it on your brother. Yeah. But... Is that what will happen? I don't know. I, I think it can. But I, I also don't know. think so the if, same if way more we, we fear police, it's also a fear of... But legal firearms, brothers might not use them the same way because they're tied and registered to you. So you'd be more careful. You should be more careful you and cautious be, but that's about be. it. That because my be. goal, I really want to... I care about black people. And I just yeah. want the... I want us to kill each other less i want to be killed by others less yeah um and i want to be respected i want us to be respected like those black women who approached us with the officers who wanted us to just she wanted some brothers that she saw in the playground to be respected and make sure that we were not being unjustly dealt with that's what's up and that's what i want and maybe some of my theories may be not all the way fleshed out. Yeah. But cuz I don't I don't want more brothers to have guns to use on each other. Yeah. But I do want more more brothers to have more guns to assert their rights 
and privileges and freedoms as citizens. Okay. Without being scared or fearful uh, to do so. That's deep. That's so, deep. Yeah. Man, you this this was a great another great <laughs> discussion. Um I'm happy that you were the guest to, you know, that you were open to this. Uh, I'm definitely going to bring you back as we talk from even the small business perspective. Yeah, I would love that. Doing business here uh, in in all you do. Um, But we're going to definitely get you. Man, how do people get in contact with you? Oh, Flipaholic. F-L-I-P underscore A underscore Holic. H-O-L-I-C on Instagram. That's how you get in touch with me. So stop on by the Flipaholic show and, and come and come rock with us. Yeah, I would love for all the Detroit is different crowd and family to come and follow the Flipaholic on Instagram. You know, all, all right. things real estate. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Peace be. <laughs> Detroit is different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.